Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. It could be one bad pitch that leads to a home run. It could be a couple balls that aren't played, you know, in the infield or outfield, whatever it may be. Strike zone, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we're looking, you know, at this point, not so much results. We're looking at things they were working on in the offseason, things they wanted to accomplish, whether it's a certain pitch or a delivery, um, holding runners, things like that. Um, and like today, we got a lot of our regulars pitching after after Chris and you say. So, um, you know, not really looking at results, just looking at kind of how they're feeling and, and what they're throwing. That's Blue Jays manager John Schneider ahead of today's game against the Pittsburgh Pirates telling you what we, well, we shouldn't have to. Everybody knows this. You're smart baseball fans. The Jays gave up uh, 26 runs and a couple losses in the weekend. And it doesn't really matter. You're not worried about results at this time. Um, so, so you're telling me if you're Mitch White, if you're Nate Pearson, if you're, mm-hmm. I throw Trevor Richards in there. I'm not saying Trevor Richards is fighting for a job, but, you know, uh, is is that is that curtain going to shut real quick on Trevor Richards? I mean, we've seen some bumps in the road at the end of last year. It's can the changeup look as good as it's looked at the beginning of the year and get quality right-handed hitters out and some lefties out when the two lefties in the pen is not as great as you'd like them to be, and you're looking for Trevor Richards to come in. So I, I agree with a little of what you're saying, but I don't. Oh, I, I know. Okay. You know that's why I wanted to play the clip because I wanted to get you fired up out of the gate, and uh, well. It seems to work. Well, you say Kikuchi thing's real easy for me. And I've said this as soon as they got you say Kikuchi. Oh, we got should tell people Kikuchi starting today, by the way, against the Pirates. I thought nobody cared. Whatever you do in spring training, what well, you difference got, I, it makes. No, but you dropped you say Kikuchi in there. You got to tell people why we're well, talking we just about heard the clip That was about, a lousy you know, what, segue, Parker. What, what, what your, <laughs> it was a horrible why, segue. You dropped the Kikuchi. That's why it. we have you is to clean is to clean it up and, and look look, it's it's for me anyway, it's more it's more about the velocity on the fastball last year it was better than it's been in quite some time. It's if it's hovering around that ninety-five, it's going to make the breaking ball that much better. He can get away with abusing the slider and throwing whatever changeups he wants to throw and strike one. If he can do that close to league average, league average is about sixty-one percent. He did it last year somewhere around that fifty-nine percent. That'll get him up around the averaging a little over five inning pitch per outing. That's when you talk about fourth and fifth guys in rotations, that's what you talk about. He does that, he'll be fine. Uh, Kikuchi will get the start today against the Pittsburgh Pirates. It'll be a 1 o'clock first pitch on on uh, Sportsnet and the TV side uh, on the app and on sportsnet.ca slash 590 streaming as well. Uh, it's pretty much a, uh, if you're going to the game today, if you're down in Dunedin, I wish I was with you. I mean, not with you, but I wish I was down in Dunedin. Uh, if you're going to the game today, you're going to see a ton of Major League arms in action. Chris Bassett is scheduled to follow Yusei Kikuchi. Uh, Jordan Romano, Chad Green, Tim Meza, Jimmy Garcia, Yenesis Cabrera also scheduled to throw the lineup. Bo, Vladdy, Turner, Jansen, Varsho, and IKF, they are the regulars that are in the lineup today. So, again, if you're going out to the game today or you're going to watch it today on TV, you're going to see, uh, you're going to see a pretty representative uh, group of Toronto Blue Jays. So, Kevin... Uh, we mentioned the first two Grapefruit League games are in the bag. Lots of runs for, 
lots of runs against for the Blue Jays. It was a weekend where the biggest story, quite frankly, was uh, Cody Bellinger signing with the Cubs, and we'll deal with that in a minute. Mm -hmm. But uh, what stood out to you in those 14, 13, and 12, six losses to the Phillies and Yankees, respectively? The good, the bad, and... The stuff you didn't care okay, about. Okay. Uh, well, there's not, there's not a ton I didn't care about. Like, you know, I, for the most part, I watch both games to the end. I mean, some of them at the end are very hard to watch, right? You're you're seeing, you're seeing well, not names on the back of the jersey, but you're seeing some numbers that are go. Well, you have to look them up to see who's playing, which is me, fine. If, if, I'm going to jump in here. That's true. Why is Aurelvis Martinez wearing number thirteen? That's a tremendous. Has he made the team? No. <laughs> Like that's uh, unusual, well, let's man. Hope not. I mean, that's I'm, unusual. No, nothing against Aurelvis Martinez, but you know, I mean, some could argue that he's probably going to turn into a late bloomer. I mean, let's not lie. Maybe that's why but, he's wearing thirteen. No, I have no. Him. I don't know I don't the know answer to that. I think you'd have to ask the the Blue Jays. You know, I'm sure it's a it's a uh, top prospect thing. And if you'd gone into the Brewers the first year and said, "I want uniform number three. What would they have said to you your first spring training? Yeah, I'd have been washing cars and yeah. and 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 parking cars and and doing things that I probably didn't want to do. Hey, I just to, noticed it, impress, and you, you noticed know. it too. We both, I did. I did. That's why I was. Thought, I was wondering because all the other guys are, you know, have some bigger numbers that would make you wonder why thirteen is being worn by a guy that, you know, is probably not going to have a, a a big outing or or a big Anyhow, outcome at the beginning of the season. I it, jumped in there. Move yeah, on. It, I'm it, sorry. It was look. I think the obvious things was. Sort of the everyday guys. Bo looked to me like, you know, could, and I said this to you before the show started, he looked like a guy didn't pick up a bat for seven months and still roll out and get hits through up the middle the other way. Like, it's something else. Like, all the moving parts and, you know, the the way he wraps his barrel and just being able to find holes. He does it better than anybody. That's one of the things. Varsho, you know, listening to him talk on our show, actually seeing it, play out you could to see where the, it looks like his swing is chopping wood now the lower half it's still a work in progress there's two parts to it that that's why the inconsistency when it just comes to totality of what you want to see from varsho he's gonna have some valleys you'll have some peaks because he can hit some home runs to the pool side which for me that's all you want hit him seventh let him run into 20 maybe he can steal 20 bases play the defense everybody wants you to see i think you're seeing what you want to see from him i when, mean find holes get hits that's what you want when we talked to him on friday and i'd, I'd urge you to listen to the interview we did on blair and barker extra innings with varsha because it was a lot of fun and he talked about Chopping wood. Yeah. That was his first first nah, thing he did not, this offseason. You actually don't chop wood. It's just <laughs> a mindset of he's leading with his lower hand. Yeah, but what I, his, he, his bottom hand's doing all the work because he's trying to he combat chopped, the he elevated chopped down basketball. Threes. He ain't doing that. Barrel will always be below the hands. I mean, it's not physically possible to do that, but mentally as a hitter, you're telling yourself that because you're trying to combat what really good pitchers are trying to do to you, consistently trying to get you out. So I just want to throw that in there because it's not happening. But he's trying to tell yours, tell himself to limit a lot of barrel under the hands. I want to limit a lot of the uppercut in my swing. I can do that with my a little bit more consistent lower half. It's got two parts to his lower yeah. half. It's rare that it will consistently take place. 
if you don't have a consistent lower half. That means I kick it, it lands, it's athletic, I can get the turn that I want, my hands will follow. He doesn't do that. He has a stride separate, and then the foot moves again, which moves the barrel and the hands a lot more than he wants it to move. So I'm not saying it ain't going to work out for him because he's obviously put a lot of thought into what he's trying to do to allow himself to get on top of enough elevated fastballs to get a pitcher to do something else to him because he likes the ball down. It looks okay. Just the consistency of everything, I think, will still be a little up and down. That's why I said don't hope for a ton. No, what what 2020, I— 2020, guys, all you want from him. The thing with, uh, with Varsho, too, I found interesting, um, and I— I'd be interested in knowing if you saw it from him. You know, one of the things he talked about was um, understanding, because you're right, he's going to get pitched up, understanding what he can swing at when he's getting pitched up and what he can't. And he talked about not taking, not swinging at that pitch that is half a ball higher than what you would, than your, the area where you have a chance of making contact. And, and I think we talked about, it's one of the things we saw last year is, uh, I mean, he'd get, he'd get frustrated, and he'd swing at pitches that he's not going to hit. It, teams would just keep going up, and he talked about how, it, you know, the issue of adjusting your eyesight and everything, and um, I found that it, 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 it was an interesting so, discussion. So I, I've, I've said the, this to you. If, you. if you look at every great hitter at the big league level, and I'm not saying Dalton's a great hitter, he's trying to turn himself into that, which you give him credit for knowing that he has a weakness. He's trying to figure out how to figure it out and help his team and himself be the best player he can be. It's, it looks the same all the time. That, for me, is one thing you can take away from his first game is every swing that he took looked the same. I'm a pull hitter. I'm going to try and pull things. I'm not going to try and hit balls down the left field line. I think from the ground up, it looked the same, which that what you can take, if you're him, from every at bat, every game, and sort of try and – you know, do that consistently over and over and over again. Brendan Little's one guy, the lefty coming, you know, out of the pen. Dude, that's some nasty stuff. Hey, I want to, I want to stick with the hitters right now. Oh. Though we talked about Bowen Varsho, um, Alejandro Kirk. Uh, yeah, look, the, the optics of Alejandro Kirk for me don't look any different, right? I mean, I, I you, it makes it sound like with the, at least the people that have talked out loud about Kirky that you know he's taking care of some things physically that he's needed to take care of. Well, I, look, do you see it? I don't. I, I did see that he doesn't look like he's thinking about a lot at the plate, which last year it was hands go here, foot goes here, hips have to turn, barrel and hands are following. I have to drive this middle the other way. No, I hit it where it's pitched because I ain't thinking about all that other stuff. That, at least for me, is what it looked like. He has to annihilate left-handed pitching. I think that's the one thing you can take away from it to the pull side in the air because he's mechanically sound and not thinking about it. And maybe the bat looks quicker because he thinks and they think condition wise, he's taking care of all those things he didn't last year. So I think that's a plus. Uh, Aurelvis Martinez. We talked about Aurelvis Martinez, top position prospect, Alan Roden. Uh, he had a base clearing double on Sunday. He's a, guy who has very quietly moved his way up within the organization. He will be in the majors at some point, maybe later this year or next year. Um, well, I'm strong words. Well, oh, I, you need plug, you need plug and play guys. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be starting every day, guys? but you know, project, how many lefty hitters does this organization have that can, I want, the, I want the best hitter. I mean, look, 
perfect scenario, you'd like to have balance. Are they going to have that on this team? No. The best series they have are right-handed. Like, you're trying to score more runs, be better, more competitive at home. You would think with the names on the back of the jerseys, them being right-handed or left-handed right now, I just you're trying to take the best you could possibly take. Again, injury will determine a lot of what's going on here and what they can do outside the organization. I just don't know with what you're seeing when it comes to whether it's called a prospect or the fringe kind of guys, are those plug-and-play guys or projects? Revis Martinez is a project. Does he look to to you like he knows whether he wants to be an on-base guy or a run producer? Or does he look like they don't know as an organization what they want him to be, so they're telling him a couple of different things, and then he goes to the plate, and he's having these long at-bats, and, yeah, he's walking, and that's a plus, and he's not getting out, but would you rather see him trying to drive early in counts on things he can do damage with? That's what I said. Maybe he will be a late bloomer, and... I'm not saying he's not going to turn out to be a good player. It's just right now, I just don't know what you really expect from him. That's all. Okay, let's focus on the pitching now uh, this weekend. I mean, other than Bowden Francis. And uh, Little. Brent, and Brendan Little. Little was the two for me that stood out. I was going to say maybe Connor Cook a little bit, but, I mean, that's for a conversation. We'll probably be talking about Connor Cook in a more serious Chad Dallas next looked year. good, too. Chad Dallas yeah. looked okay. Chad. Bowden Francis, though, we've got to talk. Like, he's on my team. It's his to lose, for me anyway. The splitter looks like it. Yeah, again, first game. I mean, he said he's still getting comfortable with the grip. What would the splitter do for him? Uh, yeah, I think it's lanes because of how big he is, because of the arm swing that he has, because it's very hard to tell north and south if you're a hitter facing him. I think it's tunneling that split finger off of his fastball, getting more weak contact swing and miss because it looks exactly like his fastball. I think that's what he's trying to do with it. I don't know if you get cute because of who he's going to have to face early in season and, you know, when they're going to bring him in games. He'll be that somebody gets knocked around. He's coming in in the third inning to eat innings to give the offense a chance, right? At least early in the season. If he's on the team, he's the long guy for me. Because he can give you that. And there's a lot that comes with that. We've had Petey on saying they're going to be careful with a couple of older guys early in seasons with innings. He's a big deal for them. Because for me, I don't know about you. I I mean, I want to be nice and, and, you know, think of depth and can't wait. And how dare we, you know, think about giving guys. Mitch White's not a big leaguer. Hit 98. Come on. Everybody's gaga. Mitch White hit 98. Sitting 96. I'm just saying, everybody's excited so about you, it. So you would rather keep Francis out of the big leagues? I and, did not and say that. Mitch, what? Well, no, that's of the course only, that's, I wouldn't. That's the only thing that's going to happen unless somebody gets hurt. I'm with you, but I'm just saying that, you know, people are, people do love them some Mitch White. People in that organization love the Mitch White. They really do. Well, I mean, if you love if you love Mitch White, that screen's fourth place. I, again, you're taking the best 26 north. Oh, well, you know, options factor into it and everything, too. Okay, well... Uh, <laughs> Well, they do. I mean, clearly this organization, they, they hung on to this guy last with, year. With what clearly they, clearly with, they think they have something with Mitch with, White. I, I mean, which, I'm with you. I don't see it. With but. the way you've seen the Orioles offense look and the way you see the Yankees offense look, mm. you better take the 26 North that you think are no-brainers, that they're predictable. Mitch White's predictable. He might be predictable in a, in a bad way. 
I mean, again, I'm, you don't try and be negative this early in the season, but did you see anything that just oozed? Man, look at that pitch. Like, you can't wait to run him out because of the three-batter rule and the, and the way you have to use these guys. I mean, you might have to get a lefty out. Any breaking ball that you see, elevated fastball, can he crowd a lefty? Can he use both sides of the plate? Can he be unpredictable throwing strike one? Those are things you got to ask yourself. And, again, this is ask Bo Bichette, sort of put up, or shut up time for them mm. and getting off to hot start. So it's like the Zueta thing. It's like Pearson. Like there's some guys here that uh, you would have to mention Pearson. Thanks for that. Well, I mean, it's old Nate did not. Uh... Well, old Nate looked like old Nate. One game, one game. It's early. It's early. For, for, it's, early for, it's early for some. It's early. First impressions are big deals. Now, again, these are. There's you can you can hear it. There's a different conversation around the coaches, around the players. There's some urgency. Ah, oh, there was whether, urgency whether last whether year. It's the first, there was I'm not. tired like, of that. Yeah, no, there it was. was. It was. It I'm, was. It was. Tired. It was. They they thought they were the best team in the American League East, and they thought that was going to carry over to the American League. There's some doubt. That's why there's some urgency about hitting the ground running mm. and getting dudes where they need to go. Yes or no? I mean, this is an organization that didn't really fire anybody after last year. Uh, I'm urgency, I guess. Uh, I, to me, there's the only urgency is the fact that you know, TikTok, TikTok, you're you're losing time in Bo and Vladdy. That's been the urgency all along. Yeah, long. I don't know if they I've heard this every anymore. time that we got. I don't know a, if they even care anymore I, about the Bo and Vladdy. I've heard this every year that you know we we with this this is the year. I mean, we've got to take the step. I mean, I've heard that the urgency, urgency, urgency. We went into last year. Everybody, not just us, everybody said last year. Wow, if they don't win a playoff series, heads are going to roll. General managers, jobs in jeopardy. Managers, who's head rule? Dave Hudgens. Is that even a head? I don't know. Let me ask you a question. You picking the Blue Jays to make the playoffs? That's the difference. I got to think. That's the difference. Between the, and they're thinking the same way that you're thinking. Yeah, but not because I'm picking them to make the playoffs. But there's a lot of people just like you that are really on the fence of thinking a lot of things got to go right early. Pitching is good enough. If, 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 I will say this. I will say this. I will say this. If Alec Manoa, is serviceable to borrow his word. I think they. Uh, I think it's still about runs. Like they're gonna have because they're gonna have some bumps in the road when it comes to rotation yeah. and you know some guys. It, it's not gonna go as easy as it went last year in the rotation, which means the, the lineup's gonna have to step up. All right, I want to talk about the Yankees for a bit because we are gonna be talking a lot about the Yankees this year. Right now, with Juan Soto in the lineup. It looks, this is according to Aaron Boone, it looks as if leadoff, the leadoff spot will either be DJ LeMahieu or Alex Verdugo. Uh, Soto's going to be hitting second. Judge is going to be hitting third, where apparently he's wanted to hit third uh, all along, and then cleanup will be Stanton or Rizzo. I'm sorry, yeah, Rizzo. Uh, Rizzo will be cleanup. Uh, that's a pretty good top of the order. And yeah, it's spring training, and I'm not going to get carried away with the fact that Juan Soto hit a home run off the scoreboard, although it just seems cool to say that you hit a home run off the scoreboard. It went to left center. I wherever think that's it is. the cool part of it. It went to left center. Exactly. Um, they're going to be a handful. I, newsflash, they're going to be a handful. Yeah, that's why I picked, I'm, I'm picking them to win the American League East. I, I, I just think the – well, we, we talk about urgency. We talk about conversations from ownership – just, I think it sounds to me like that organization's had enough 
Like it's it's time for well, them they're to, still, to get after. They're still aware of the luxury like, tax. They're like still everywhere. aware of the luxury tax. They're it's not like going to go out there. And, else. It's health and it's getting top performance from the names that they think they're supposed to get it from. But if you got the first four guys you just mentioned yeah. doing somewhat of what they think they're supposed to be doing, and then you add Stanton, who's basically been an embarrassment to himself and the jersey that he's been wearing the last couple of years, say he drops 30. I mean, that'd take a little pressure off the Rodons and the you maybe the, maybe the the seventh and sixth inning guys that they may have some conversations about that they're trying to fill in the blanks with. Yeah, they're 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 going to be I, some. Uh, they're going to score tons of runs. I want to put this uh, board up so our viewers on Sportsnet can see it, and I'll fill you uh, fill you in on the radio side. We know that Juan Soto is a free agent at the end of the year. Um, he's going to want $500 million at least. We forget how old or how young Juan Soto is. The board that folks are seeing right now on TV, players older than Juan Soto. Keep in mind that Soto debuted in 2018 at the age of 26. These are people, players who are older than Juan Soto. Adley Rutschman, he was just Rookie of the Year a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Pena. Lewis Robert Jr., George Kirby, he's older than Juan Soto. Josh Young is older than Juan Soto. You can throw Shane McClanahan in there if if you want as well. (laughs) This is a guy who's going to be a free agent. I mean, he's already got a career's worth of stats. He's homered in every ballpark in the majors bar five. Um, And he's going to be a free agent at a disgustingly young age. And if that isn't enough, by the way, and this is the, the weirder thing, Juan Soto is younger than three of the prospects on MLB Pipeline's top 100. Mm -hmm. You know, I understand Shohei Otani, Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani got 700 million. Juan Soto's not going to pitch as far as we know. You giving him 500 million? No. You're not. He'll get it because of his age, who his agent is, who who will be offering and knows that probably the... Number that it'll have to start with. Wow. I mean, I, I would be shocked if it's that he's not a Yankee. I mean, this is sort of what they're they're gearing up for. They're right? Have to is, punt somebody for him to be. Uh, I mean, I, it's the Yankees, right? I mean, and again, I, I I do think there's a little something to, you know, when you trade, give up what you gave up, where you're at as an organization, what you're trying to do. I mean, they they always yell and scream about you know the age of the everyday guys is up there. I mean, like the, they're the they're the, what are they the second oldest rotation in the American League East is the second oldest lineup behind yours truly, the Blue Jays in both of those. So it's I, for me anyway. I think it's sort of in line with maybe where that's going to go. But yeah, the Juan Soto's offensively don't grow on trees, and he gives that team. A little something that they haven't had. Yeah, you he, gotta be. You gotta be. He gives him a little. Like I don't. I don't even sure I like yeah. Juan Soto. Like his Ooh. act, the way he, you know, takes pitches. And if you're an opposing pitcher, pitching coach, khaki organization that has to play that dude all the time, you're probably not gonna like that either. And I think there's something to don't that. Don't you? Think, you have to have a little of that. Don't you think that with him and Stroh, they are going to be a pain in the ass? No question. If they, if they. Jump out to an early lead in the East yeah. and, and kind of go wire to wire. We're going to be so sick of their. I act. talked to Caleb. We're going to be so sick of I their. Thought, act. I talked to Caleb which Joseph is okay about Yankees about man. pitching the lineups. Which one's harder to pitch to, the Jays or the, or the Yankees? I mean, I can't even believe you're asking me that. I'm asking. That's that's the thing, and I couldn't ask you that if Juan Soto wasn't in that lineup. 
That that's the point we're making here. Is you know, the bottom? I mean, I guess the it, bottom of both lineups are. Yeah, it's no nobody's got nine dudes. They just don't. You, it's those well, the four or five. Do. Texas, kind, Texas kind of does. They ain't got nine. There, there's some windows that you could take a little break if you're a good pitcher that you could let a dude get himself out. That that's the point. And I just think it uh, everything that goes with. I almost forgot the judge was on the team yesterday. I mean, I heard the conversation that they were having with Soto yeah. during the game and. It's just how they talk about him. And, uh-oh, here comes Judge, and he gets RBI singles up the middle and doubles, and, you know, he's probably going to hit 50 again. It's That is the, you know. It's scary. At, at a, at a, in a day and age where we talk about RBIs, some of us talk about RBIs really not mattering all that much. You look mm. at the number of RBI that Aaron Judge had last year. Uh, you know, of all the guys that hit 30 home runs in baseball, he had far and away the fewest RBI. That's going to change this year with – those two guys. And I'm with you. I know we talked about the leadoff spot. I think that you're going to see, you know, look, DJ LeMay, who's let's, let's see with DJ LeMay, who the whole thing is with is, is health. If he isn't healthy though, now they got Alec Verdugo. I mean, I'll go with, Ver, I'll go with Verdugo, Soto and, and judges my top three. Won't you? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, uh, it's basically, you're trying to get as much traffic on the base as you can. So they can't pitch around judge. And Verdugo's another That's guy. You thing. want to talk a little bit about attitude. He's another guy. we mentioned. He, he he plays with a uh, little. Yeah, I mean, I, he's got a little I bit of the red ass I, every now I, and then. Yeah, I don't want to get too excited about the attitude thing because it's a you know it's you a round thing with a round thing. But there's got to be a little that I'm better than you. Like the 2015 with the Blue Jays, mm. because JD was here, people hated the Blue Jays, and even more to the point is the pitchers hated to come in here and pitch against the Blue Jays. That's the point, and I think that's there's a little bit more of that now. Just be uh, by adding. A couple of guys that you added that were left-handed, and you get maybe Stanton doing a little few more things, and Rizzo, you know, not having the concussion, and maybe can see the ball a little bit better. So, yeah, they're going to be a handful. And then you got the best pitcher in baseball throwing for them, and then maybe you get some guys that are stepping up who should earn their money a little bit more. And yeah, like they're they can hide some woes they don't do catching the ball with the way they're going to hit the ball. Huh. 107 is first pitch today on uh, Sportsnet. And on the app, the Jays lineup is as follows. Bichette, Guerrero, Turner, Jansen, Varsho, Kiner, Falefa, Espinal, Lucas, Cam Eden. Uh, we mentioned you say Kikuchi on the mound for the Blue Jays and uh, a whole bunch of major league arms coming out of the bullpen. So uh, it'll be a good day to get a uh, to get a look at the Jays. Should be a quick game bullpen. anyway. One would hope, although it is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Should be even more of a reason if you're a big league pitcher to be able to get some dudes out that you should be getting out most of the time. Uh, John Schneider had some thoughts on you say Kikuchi. We'll uh, deal with that when we come back after our break. Going to talk about Cody Bellinger as well. Did Scott Boris take an L? Um, I'd be real careful about saying that. And, uh, well, Kevin's friend, former teammate, as a hitting instructor with the Cleveland Guardians, he's he's Chris Valleca. He's he's taken a uh, he's got his team trying something really interesting this spring. Well, he's relaying the message. I'm not sure he came up with okay. this. Well, you better you okay. We better hope he didn't because we want to get him on the show, and you're not a fan of what he's doing. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet. 
dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The JD Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Need to change the music. One hundred seven is the first pitch today. Maybe one hundred seven is the first pitch today on Sportsnet and uh, on Sportsnet.ca slash five ninety streaming. Of course, the app as well. Ben and Dan with the uh, yeah, or Ben and Buck. We're we're watching ben and Buck the, with the call of the game. We're watching the outfield feed on our TV where we're doing our show from. Look how nice it looks. And those hats that Pittsburgh's wearing, those are sweet, too. Stop it. Oh, they are? No, they are. They, they are. They they're are. nice. But look at the weather. I don't see any sleeves. Very nice. <sighs> Two jackets and a hoodie here. <laughs> Stay hot. <laughs> Bichette, Guerrero, Turner, Jansen, Varsho, IKF, Espinal, Lucas, Cam Eden. That is your Blue Jays lineup today in Dunedin. You say Kikuchi getting the start. Good day to go to a ball game. Great day to watch the game on Sportsnet because you're going to see a bunch of major league arms. Mm -hmm. The uh, Jays are basically running after Kikuchi running uh, major league arms out of the bullpen. Chris Bassett, Jordan Romano, Jimmy Garcia, Tim Meza, Yenesis Cabrera amongst the pitchers uh, coming out against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, I want to talk about Yusei Kikuchi. Kind of a different, I would think it's a different year, a different feeling for Yusei Kikuchi coming into spring. We know what the Jays want to use him for this year. There's, I think we have any idea. There's no plans in using him as a swingman or anything. Um, we know that he was at camp really early. He spent most of his offseason... Uh, down here when he wasn't up in Toronto reserving sushi restaurants for Shohei Otani. Uh, he was in Florida. I mean, I'm only going to touch that subject a couple of times this mm. year. Be careful. John Schneider's the manager of the Blue Jays. He was asked about the new reality for you, say Kikuchi. I think it's just fine tuned. It's so, it's cool to see, you know, his, his mindset, his, um, his routines, you know, different. He, he's been here for a while, first of all, down here in Florida. And I think just knowing that, yeah, he's in the rotation, um, had a great year last year. So it's kind of fine-tuning pitches. You know, he's not worrying about results, you know, per se. Um, really competitive guy, so he obviously, you know, he he cares. But, um, and not that we don't, but I think it's just kind of, you know, working on a few pitches. You know, last year you look at competing Delivery, we were looking at pitch clock. We were looking at how it affects everyone. So I think this year it's really so much, so much more just certain pitches and certain counts. John, it seems like Yusei's. Uh, that was John Schneider talking about Yusei Kikuchi. It really is true, isn't it? When you think of the the year, I mean, it kind of gets lost in some ways. A because of the way the year ended with Kikuchi coming into the game after Barrios mm -hmm. in um, 
in Minnesota. And by the way, uh, Jose Brios is scheduled to start on Thursday. Manoa starts tomorrow. Paulo Espino, a uh, guy in uh, guy who's bounced around, he'll get the start on Wednesday. Kevin Gossman uh, wants to pitch at least one more live batting practice session before he gets into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he may, according to John Schneider, start. Uh, later in the the week on the weekend, more than likely next week. I mean, that, that we talked about the Kevin Gossman and Chris Bassett. When you're ready to pitch, pitch. I mean, they're going to log a lot of innings. So you're pitching against and and sort of the turn yeah. in your rotation, even and in spring training. Exactly. Like I you would don't want to mess it up for other guys. So. I would think you may want to even have them pitch in the minor league camp to stay away from major league. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Uh, don't get upset or don't get worried because you're not seeing Kevin Gossman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably won't see him this week. But you say Kikuchi. At the end of the year, I kind of felt guilty. I thought that maybe we didn't make as much out of the steps forward he took last year as we should have. I think we did. I think we said a lot about what he had turned himself into, you know, the, him being willing to listen to what the organization had to think about the changes that, you know, they expected from him to consistently make it look the same all the time, right? And when you do that as a pitcher, mechanically, it will come out the way you want it to come out of his hand and end up where you want it to come out. Again, for me, it's it's a couple things. He's just like everybody else. Other than him being left-handed and him facing a bunch of right-handed hitters, which would mean... You know, glove side will have to be really good with him. And a stealing a strike with a secondary pitch has to be on par. And the way he will do that is the consistency of all that mechanic stuff, right? It can't be parts. It has to be, I kick it, it goes, it's flowing to where it needs to be, to where he gets the good stretch and, you know, it sort of looks the same and he can have the same velocity on the fastball. Velocity for him is a big deal. Can't be 93. It's 93. He's good hitting. If it's 95, it's not. He can get away with a cement mix and slider and they pull it foul instead of hitting it to the moon. Um, That's the difference. You've been in this position. You weren't a pitcher, but you've been in this position. There really is a difference coming into camp, knowing what you are going to be, yeah. knowing what the team thinks of you, Compared to coming into camp and just kind We've of... We've heard this before. We, right? heard, we heard this with Alec Manoa. How'd that work out? We did. Like, he had a, he, come, he was coming off a great year. I mean, I'm not saying that you Different, say Kikuchi was, uh, was, you know, being yeah. a, a Cy Young finalist. But I, that that's the thing, right? Is It's up to the coaching staff now to go but put a little on his plate. Say, we got to see it. Like, let's go out there and, and act like this is the seventh game of the World Series. I'm not saying today. But I'm saying when this thing gets closer to the bell ringing, you need to show us that, you know, you still are hungry and fighting and to, you know, to be that you say that we come to expect to see. And I don't expect anything different. I, you know, I think they learn from their mistakes. Uh, this is the whole point of it. And I get back to that. And you roll your eyes at this expectation thing and some urgency. There, there it is. Well, I had to. There's a lot of it. Set it up. Some things I mean, are going to change if they. If they your eyes. If. if if they're 10 games out of 500 to the All-Star break, some things going to change. You know it, and I know it. And I think they no, talk said like that it. Loud. I don't know. They did, they I don't know if they will. I don't know if they will. talk that way last year. At the, end of the year at the end of the year, we were saying somebody's Absolutely head's going to roll not. for that. And it oh, didn't happen. Oh, wow. I don't know if they're, I don't know if, if they're 10 games out. You know, maybe. Does the manager get rinsed? I don't know. Maybe. But I don't know anymore. I, I honestly don't know anymore. I, I, I just don't. Because... 
there's a lot of unhappiness with the way that season ended last year. And I mean, Dave Hudgens was the guy who paid, I guess, quote unquote, paid the price. I, I don't know. I did the whole expectations thing and, and the pressures on so-and-so. I, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know if necessarily we're using the same methods of, uh, Analyzing things you know and judging as well as things anybody, as, the other, the, as the as the team. The is conversation was totally different going into last spring training than it is this spring training. Hmm. No. Um. <laughs> so Cody Bellinger signed with the Chicago. I want to move on. Cody Bellinger. <laughs> I had expectations and all that. Cody Bellinger signed with uh, the Chicago Cubs, or at least has agreed to a contract with the Cubs. Three years, eighty million. He's got an opt out after the first year and the second year. Uh, so uh, there is one of the Boris four off the board. Still out there is Matt Chapman, uh, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, J.D. Martinez. A couple of places I want to go with this. Is that an L for Scott Boris that Cody Bellinger, after all these months, is back with the Chicago Cubs? Now, and, and I, this is how I want people to think of this. Because if you look at a lot of the analysis going into the offseason. Cody Belger was going to get a six-year contract. He's going to get a five-year contract. Most of the contracts, most of the, the the numbers you heard averaged someplace around $25, $26 million a year. That's what he's getting in this contract. He's not getting the length, but it's not like he's taken a haircut this season in this contract. So I'm just throwing that out there for folks who are saying, oh my God, it's a comeuppance for Scott Boris and you know, he, uh, the the Cubs won their battle against Scott Boris. How do you view it? You think they won their battle against Scott Boris, don't no, you? No, I, I, going into the offseason, I was not one of those guys that would say you give Cody Bellinger a six-year deal. Absolutely there's not. There's too many fl- – There's He's not predictable. You can't let – this is the it's thing. Not. You're right. And you can't – one of the things that I've kind of come to discover is you can't let the market determine a player's value. In other words, just because Cody Bellinger – is the best, in air quotes, position player on the market this year other than Shohei Otani. That, I don't think, necessarily should change the way I look at him, right? If I'm, I don't want to offer a guy six years because, well, what the hell, he's the best guy out there. Why would you do that? There might be, there probably will be better guys out there next year. There probably will be better guys out there the year after that. So, um, yeah, I, I don't... So, so if I would have told you that Cody Bellinger at at the end of his whatever was going to get three for eighty, you'd have went hmm. after I, having the two bad years that he had. I would have thought. And then the exit velocities went down the way they went, and you know that's a giant factor. I would have absolutely. You would have went, huh? That's pretty good for him. I would have thought that he would take. I would thought. I would have thought there was a chance that he might get a one year take a pillow contract. I mean, it worked for Marcus Simeon. You know, people, Carlos Correa, oh, my God, he had to suck it up and sign a one-year contract with Minnesota. Next year, he opts out. He ends up getting, what, seven years and $210 million. Mm. This is the thing people need to remember is there's a couple of things. First of all, they're free agents. They don't have to go where Scott Boris tells them to go. Cody Bellinger probably had a better offer. He just may not have, maybe had a better offer from the Jays. Yeah, we'll never know. Maybe San Francisco. He yeah. may just not have wanted to go there. Yeah. Uh, you know, before you say that Scott Boris loses this or is it's, it's been a comeuppance for him, two things you have to see. One, I think, one, the players go from him to another agency. They won't. I mean, ultimately, 
a player's loyalty tells you whether or not he likes his agent. Matt Chapman got rid of his agent and went working. to Scott Boyd. Well, he's trying to get the most money right. he can possibly but I mean, get. But that, that's the point. The player's loyalty will tell you if there's a uh, if there's an issue there. Where I think this is kind of interesting, and I'll get to Matt Chapman in a minute, where I think this is kind of interesting, though, is, you know, I wonder now if I'm Alex Bregman, if I'm Garrett Cole, and I've got an opt-out, Garrett Cole's opt-out, he can become a free agent if he's willing to leave four years and $144 million from the Yankees on the table. I'm wondering now if maybe a guy like Bregman... Cole's probably different because that's a lot of money. That's the Yankees. But I wonder if a guy like Bregman is kind of scratching his head now and going, you know what? Maybe I, you know, because we all said Scott Boris loves to take his guys to free agency. Maybe mm-hmm. Bregman's sitting there thinking, man, I don't know. Maybe, you know, is it worth going to free agency? If, if the Astros approach me and give me a five or six year deal and it's money that's in the ballpark. I mean, I don't have to move my family. I'm going to retire. I'll probably get my uniform retired in Houston probably have a chance to go to the World Series almost every year with this team. I wonder if maybe that's where we won't see this, is you may see some of those guys who are kind of legacy players step back and go, I don't know. Yeah, it's. I think a lot of it, too, is who who's else is on the market? Who's he competing with? Uh, how much he thinks he's worth? I mean, you got to be sort of honest with yourself. So's your agent. I mean, yeah, his agent's... I'm not saying telling them what they want to hear, but I'm sure he's sugarcoating it. Like, I mean, he's saying, I'll get you this. His because agent the isn't saying, say, man, I screwed up. Yeah. I can't believe I, mean, I screwed I, this that, one up. That's why they're here. So, yeah. I, you look, I, I think it's it can go hand in hand. But I don't know. I, I think as a player sometimes you it, you got to realize that the grass is not always greener on the other side. Does he like Houston? I mean, are you going to fight and claw over one year, however much money that would, you know, add to your deal? I don't know. Like, what does Alex Bregman think he is? And yeah, I, got, I think you got to be honest with and yourself you know what sometimes. Is, and, and the thing about the Houston Astros, and we've talked about this a lot, the Houston Astros, it's amazing how many guys stay in Houston when they retire. Like, yeah. the, the Astros community in uh-huh. Houston, Astros alumni golf tournament yeah. is, like, there's 50, there's 50 players. I'm sure you could sit down and, and think of the other teams that would want Bregman. It wouldn't be hard. I mean, I haven't done it yet, but I bet you I could sit down and give you – three or four teams, and I'm sure that's what they'll do and what the mm-hmm. what realistic thought is of you going to those teams and actually that's, getting the amount of money that you think that's you're I'm worth. Saying. That's why I'm saying uh, I, I, the Bregman's, Bregman the really Garrett interests Cole, me. The Garrett Cole thing's different. He's the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah. That's different. And also, you know, yes, you could go in the free agent market, but where are you going to find a situation better than New York? You're, you're going to be getting what? What's four years, 144 divided by? You're going to be getting a crap ton of money at the age of 36 to pitch for a team that's going to be contending. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, if you're Garrett Cole, maybe it means something to you to be a Yankee. Well, if they finish in fourth place this year, maybe that'll make it easier for them. Mm. God, if they finish in fourth place, I mean. Uh, They're not going Matt to. Chapman is still out there. If Scott Boris calls Ross Atkins this afternoon and says, give us a one-year contract for what? a couple of opt-outs. I don't know, twenty three million. No, twenty two million. You don't take it. I think not twenty three million dollars though. Whatever. It's not, I, he's not just a twenty three million dollar player. Well, yet. okay. Well, whatever. It's going to be eighteen, maybe. All right. Some options let's or whatever. Say, yeah, absolutely. Eighteen and a half to twenty two and a half. Well, twenty three and a half because of where said, you're at as a organization is different than eighteen and a half or seventeen. That's a big difference. So yeah, if he comes knocking and says one year it's seventeen and a half or eighteen and a half. 
I need a third baseman that can play every day, really good defense, put him in the seven or eight hole. I'm sure, again, they know what his issue mm -hmm. is offensively. They know it, so they can fix it quicker, I think. All right, your boy, Chris Valeka, former, former teammate of Barker, is now the hitting instructor with the Cleveland Guardians. You're going, Jeff, why the hell are we talking about the Cleveland Guardians and Blair and Barker this early in the spring? Well, this story kind of got my attention because I knew it was going to drive Barker around the bend, and it's never mind whatever time of year it is. It's good to bring this up. The Guardians, who, uh, as most of you know, um, didn't hit a lot of home runs last year, didn't hit for a lot of velo, didn't make a lot of hard contact, well, they've got their players swinging and missing in spring training. Fill your boots. Go up. It's a hackathon because they want their players to feel a little freer. They want their... And it's kind of something similar to what Alex Cora did with the Red Sox a couple of years ago. Um, I don't know, Kev. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, you, there, you, you were a hitter. There's, no, there's a difference in, in saying don't be afraid to swing and miss and telling your organization as a whole at the big league level to go up and swing and miss. Chris Valeka, I'd rather you be 0-1 in a count than 0-for-1. Yeah, again, this gets that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, I, he's my buddy, and I've, I've known him forever, and <laughs> I, I played with him at the minor league level. I I don't think this is something he was sitting around going, you know what? Maybe oh yeah, we yeah. Swing you know. and miss more. I mean, I'm this. This sounds like a a, a <laughs> collection of people in an organization that, in a meeting in the off season, you know, quietly would raise their hand and go, you know what? How about we have guys try and swing and miss? Yeah, I don't. I just I, maybe we're reading into this wrong. Can you actually go up to established big leaguers? They're not telling the Kevin Barkers of the world to do that. They're telling the everyday guys. Well, no, to they're go actually and, they're and, actually telling and, the Kevin. That's the thing. They're this. I mean, they're telling, they're telling the Kevin Kwan, Barkers who's of the, the world to, do that. Guy, to not be afraid to do that. This is Chris Valeka. The hallmark of this organization has been drafting good decision makers, high contact bats. So we have to add to more of that impact potential that we have. Yeah, it's the it's the again that yeah that makes sense. You got to get dudes who know how to backspin balls the other way and create three run homers. We talk about that with the Blue Jays when traffic is on the base and runners are in scoring position. Get your best a swing on the best quadrant of their strike zone that you can do the most damage on. They just don't have those dudes. But to to translate it in that way. <laughs> you walk away from that meeting if you're a player going. So uh, you're telling me that I've been taught my entire existence to not try and swing and miss, and now you're telling me in one offseason or a spring training to try and swing and miss. There's probably a reason why that nobody can take us serious. Like, it's, it's like... We're going to get him on, by the way, absolutely, and, and, and we're going to replay this. Absolutely. I just don't understand He's a good dude. It, I, He yeah. absolutely is. And and there has to be probably a different way that he is selling I wonder, this, I wonder if this to his was, lineup. I wonder but if that this doesn't is, make any sense. I wonder if this is one of those things where he's minding his own business. He's going about his business. Reporter comes up to him, and it's like, oh, geez, I cannot believe that I got to say what I'm about to say. 
It almost sounds like what the Blue Jays were going through last year where the khakis were relaying the message and however it was getting to the coaches was not the same way they were trying to relay it. So the translation was lost somewhere, and it came out sounding like that, yeah. which... Lost in translation could have been the uh, motto for the 2023 Blue Jays, apparently. I mean, I, the, the, and the first, thank goodness they're in the central. Yeah, you can talk like this, act like this, have the pitching you got, and still be relevant and win the central with 84 wins. And hit and think it's it's just amazing that. Have you ever heard the Astros talk like that? Have you ever heard the Dodgers talk like I'm sure they have somewhat talked like that, but they've never said it out loud. <laughs> That's the thing. Even if we're talking this way, why would we say it out loud? I Okay, so I'm okay if I strike out three times in spring training today and miss all nine pitches? You're okay with me doing that? How do you de- – okay, now that you've had your say, how do you or can you develop – if I said to you, Kevin, <sighs> I want you to be more aggressive. That's a minor league thing. What would you, that's, okay. that's not a big league thing. That's why most really good lineups have on-base guys. They have uh, guys who put the ball in play, and they have guys with party out front thinking. They have three different parts of their the party lineup. Out party out front is I'm trying to pull know, balls. I'm, I'm getting things that I can do damage on in the air. It's an Addison Barger that's line me. that he dropped on us. That's me. You're quoting so Addison you have Barger. to have a okay. couple of... Different parts of your order. Not everybody can be the same kind of thing is the point. Right. So trying to force that in a 30-game spring training season and actually think that all that's going to translate and you're all of a sudden going to be, it's just, it's mind-boggling. It, but wouldn't it is, that have? It's like, mind-boggling. It's like would, watching Pittsburgh a couple of years ago putting the tires in center field and having the center fielder stand on it. Well, yeah, that was... And it makes you wonder why nobody can take you serious. Like, it's like, oh, uh, it's almost like Cleveland is really good at developing pitching. And then offensively, they're like, maybe we just throw it against the wall. The Pirates did lead the majors in tires above average that year. So, you know, maybe uh, there was something to it. Maybe there was something to it. I, I hope we're... I'm I glad it, I read that article. Yeah, yeah I'm so glad well, I read that. That's literally... I'm sitting in the office. I'm looking. I'm going to go on, on The Athletic and read this article. And I knew as soon as I read it, it was just... Every once in a while, you'll right hear something you never thought you'd hear before. There yeah. you go. There you go. Uh, that is it for us. We'll be back tomorrow, uh, 11 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the fan of Sportsnet. As always, you can get us wherever you get your favorite podcast. 107 first pitch today. Ben and Buck will have the call of the game for you. Jays and Pirates. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the baseball. We'll talk tomorrow.